This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. And so it begins, folks, the never-ending, semi-delusional train wreck of an election cycle in which the American people allow themselves to get worked up into a frenzy over the misguided belief that the future of this nation, nay, our very lives, depends on who we elect as president. For the next three months, Americans will be dope-fed billions of dollars worth of political propaganda aimed at keeping them glued to their television sets and persuading them that, one, their votes count, and two, electing the right candidate will fix everything that's wrong with this country. Incredible, isn't it, that in a country of more than 330 million people, we are given only two choices for president. How is it that in a country teeming with creative, intelligent, productive, responsible, moral people, our vote too often comes down to pulling the lever for the lesser of two evils? The system's rigged, of course. It's a heavily scripted, tightly choreographed, star-studded, ratings-driven, mass-marketed, costly exercise in how to sell a product, in this case, a presidential candidate to dazzled consumers who will choose image over substance almost every time. After all, who wants to talk about police shootings, SWAT team raids, asset forfeiture schemes, private prisons, school-to-prison pipelines, overcriminalization, censorship, or any of the other evils that plague our nation when you can tune into a reality show carefully calibrated to appeal to the public's need for bread and circuses, diversion, and entertainment, and pomp and circumstance. But make no mistake, Americans only think they're choosing the next president. In truth, however, they're gauging in the illusion of participation, culminating in the reassurance ritual of voting. It's just another blue pill, a manufactured reality conjured up by the matrix in order to keep the populace compliant and convinced that their vote counts and that they still have some influence over the political process. Yes, it's all an illusion. The nation is drowning in debt, crippled by a slowing economy, overrun by militarized police, swarming with surveillance, besieged by endless wars, and a military-industrial complex intent on starting new ones, and riddled with corrupt politicians at every level of government. All the while, we're arguing over which corporate puppet will be given the honor of stealing our money, invading our privacy, abusing our trust, undermining our freedoms, and shackling us with debt and misery for years to come. Nothing takes place on Election Day will alleviate the suffering of the American people. Unless we do something more than vote, the government, as we have come to know it, corrupt, bloated, and controlled by big-money corporations, lobbyists, and special interest groups, will remain unchanged. And we, the people, overtaxed, overpoliced, overburdened by big government, underrepresented by those who should speak for us and blissfully ignorant of the prison walls closing in on us, will continue to trudge along a path of misery. It's easy to allow the cynicism of our age and the cronyism and corruption of Washington, D.C. to discourage us from believing that there's any hope for the American experiment in liberty. 
It's easy to become discouraged about the state of the nation. After all, we're drowning under the weight of too much debt, too many wars, too much power in the hands of a centralized government, too many militarized police, too many laws, too many lobbyists, and generally too much bad news. It's harder to believe that change is possible, that the system can be reformed, that politicians can be principled, that courts can be just, that good can overcome evil, and that freedom will prevail. Yet I truly believe that change is possible, that the system can be reformed, that politicians can be principled, that courts can be just, that good can overcome evil, and that freedom can prevail. But it will take each and every one of us committed to doing the hard work of citizenship that extends beyond the mere act of voting. A healthy, representative government is hard work, folks. It takes a citizenry that's informed about the issues, educated about how the government operates, and willing to make the sacrifices necessary to stay involved. So, where does all this leave us? Stop hanging your hopes on a political savior to rescue you from the clutches of an imperial president. It's possible that the next president might be better. But, then again, he or she should be far, could be much far worse. Remember, presidential elections merely serve to maintain the status quo. Once elected president, that person becomes part of the dictatorial continuum that is the American imperial presidency today. If we are to return to a constitutional presidency, we the people must recalibrate the balance of power. The first step is to start acting locally in your own communities, in your schools, at your city council meetings, in newspaper editorials, at protests, by pushing back against laws that are unjust, police departments that overreach, politicians that don't listen to their constituents, and a system of government that grows more tyrannical by the day. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, the only thing that will save us now is a concerted collective commitment to the Constitution's principles of limited government, a system of checks and balances, and a recognition that they, the President, Congress, the courts, the military, the police, the technocrats, and plutocrats, and bureaucrats, answer to and are accountable to we the people. This will mean that Americans will have to stop letting their personal politics and party allegiances blind them to government misconduct and power grabs. It will mean holding all three branches of government accountable to the Constitution. That is, vote them out of office if they abuse their powers. And it will mean calling on Congress to put an end to the use of presidential executive orders, decrees, memorandums, proclamations, national security directives, and legislative signing statements as a means of getting around Congress and the courts. In other words, we got to stop treating the president like a god and start making both the office of the president and the occupant play by the rules of the Constitution. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute. 
by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.